welcome to the Armchair Commanders podcast. My name is John. And I'm Jack. And this week, we are covering the 2012 film Dread for our discussion on the war on crime and whether or not it counts towards being a war film. So, Jack, what do you think? I love this movie. This isn't the first time I've seen it. The f- for, uh, I first saw it way back in 2016. And I'm ju- and this is the second time watching it for me. I got to say, I probably watch this film two to three times a year. Really? I, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of it. It's a shame that uh, it never got like a uh like a sequel or anything but i'm also fine with it being the standalone film that it is yeah yeah i think it works works as a standalone i, I assume but you've I, seen i assume you uh, i assume you've seen the other dread movie the one i we don't s- like to talk about I've not seen it in its entirety. I have seen most of it like here and there. Rob Schneider is five years in the ISO cubes. <laughs> and fucking Sylvester Stallone. I am the law. And for whatever goddamn reason, he has his helmet off for a good chunk of the movie. I, I can appreciate the attempt that they were going for. Because at the time that the Sylvester Stallone version came out, it was still, it wasn't a new comic, but it wasn't like, it hadn't aged that much. Because if I remember correctly, Judge Dredd, the comic book series, came out in like the 80s, I think. Something like that, yeah. And then Sylvester Stallone was like early 90s, I think. So, and early 90s was hardly the pinnacle of comic book movies because that was also our time frame of having uh george clooney and his bat nipples hmm apparently it's from 1977 1976 the film or the comic book the comic okay so it had been around for like a bit yeah 15 20 years but it it didn't have the the lifespan most of our other comic book heroes have had by this point yeah decades because i think ghost rider also came around out roughly around the same time the comic book that is ah Anywho, I digress. Uh, my first question, you already answered my normal question for you, which is what do you think? I think our, our first question we need to discuss is, is this a war movie? I mean, war on crime. <laughs> yes, we've, which, we've established. Yes, but... <laughs> I, I, have my posi- I have my position on it, but I want to hear where you're coming from on whether or not this is a war on or a war film. I mean, I kind of want to allow it because it's that good of a movie, but, and the war on crime thing is tenuous at best. Uh, it's complicated gang warfare. Maybe you could cut go. You could approach it that angle too. I suppose you could. So my, my take on it is after watching this film again, is and just looking at judge dread the character and series as a whole i'm of the position that dread is a war film and my reason for that is our our location or our setting for this film is in mega city one mega city one is one of a dozen or so post-apocalyptic cities that exist in the dread universe and the reason these cities exist is essentially world war three occurs and what remains is 
you know, everything else is like a nuclear wasteland. And these mega cities are the last bastions of society. So I give it points towards that because our entire setting is due to a war. But then secondly, if we watch this film, like, yes, it's an action film and action films have guns and whatever. Uh, um, But I mean, this is like, it's no different than if we were to watch, say, a war film, like, if, let's say we watched a war film about the Battle of Stalingrad, where it was nothing but like house to house fighting. I feel like we would have very similar scenes like, yeah, this is quote unquote, the war on crime, but this dude is more or less engaging in, in all out warfare within this one building. Yeah. Also, I just, the, the sheer absurdity of some of the things he deals with in this film i i just want to give him the props for it like (laughs) when our main villain mama which great villain name by the way like absolutely stellar you ever hear that challenge where it's like you can't say bubbles angrily bubbles bubbles like it's it's very difficult and most most people will tell you that you can't successfully say bubbles angrily but this is just hearing carl urban say mama in his gruff grizzly voice just you're under arrest mama like just cracks me up (laughs) mama isn't the law around here I am the law. And <laughs> who can forget when he uses white phosphorus to take out those goons and commits a war crime? <laughs> it's not a war crime. He's enforcing the law. Right. Sorry, I forgot. But, I mean, I feel like this is definitely a war film, especially when you have Mama wielding a fucking machine gun like like a tripod mounted machine gun just lighting up an entire floor in an attempt to kill dread <laughs> yeah that that scene was brutal and i love how that it actually does damage to their cover and they have to move in most movies they just get behind something heavy and that's somehow good there's like no destruction of cover or anything at all right also god i forgot where i was going to go with that never mind um the other part is this film i would be less inclined to to say this film is a war film if it did take that Sylvester Stallone route because the Sylvester Stallone route was very much kind of on par with the original comic books in its appearance and whatnot, you know, and and I know it's a comic book, but the original look was very cartoonish and kind of over the top. This, this version of it is more, it feels more real. It's more gritty. Like it's more believable as a dystopian future. Yeah. Especially the way that we treat our homeless in this future, like a one. Three weeks in the ISO cube. Oh no, don't give me housing and regular food. If you get back, you're going to the ISO cubes. Okay. Gets crushed by a fucking door. (laughs) Don't be here when we get back. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. What are you going to (laughs) do? What I'm curious about is, uh, how is judge dread not on like administrative leave after our first scene? Like 
he gets into a car chase and kills like three fucking people gets into like a full-blown shootout in a mall and then just like the the grand takeaway from it is we get the like swiffer robot coming by and picking up all the dead bodies mall will be open in 30 minutes it's like oh this happens every day huh this is yeah this is like that's a tuesday to him i just and given the amount of it made me think of those uh like robot floor cleaners that walmart has Yeah, and most most work is in the Mega City One is done by robots. I think it was like ninety eight percent unemployment rate, but in Peach Trees, it's like ninety or ninety to ninety six percent, which those aren't bad numbers compared to the setting. Yeah. But also, getting back to what you said earlier, Judge Dredd is basically Batman in this. He has the reputation, and do you really want to tie him up? With his busy busy schedule, like putting him on administrative leave. I don't know. Maybe we should review his executions. I don't know. Just just thought. Mm. More criminals you don't have to feed and house in the ISO cubes. Which it makes me wonder. We keep mentioning the ISO cubes, but this movie never establishes whether or not like that's a terrible fate or not think about it <laughs> isolation man i you mean i don't have to talk to people hmm i don't know dude you'd i'd start to go crazy after very i think very, you under i think you underestimate how much i hate people and i think you overestimate just how bad isolation is well let's give it a shot stop talking to me ISO cubes are a place where sentenced criminals who commit non-capital crimes are assigned. Perps stay there until their sentence is completed, unable to leave. Room is similar to a single dwelling apartment in a housing block, except it is smaller, fewer amenities, and has a secure door that only opens from the outside with a durable glass panel on the other side to maintain suicide watch, as well as to remind the prisoner they are constantly being watched. Hmm. So I... I get to chill out in my apartment and get swole. Uh, there's a picture of them from one of the video games and they do not look very pleasant. Can't be any worse than American prison cells. Oh, it looks worse. I am the law. Sorry. I, (laughs) I just pulled up the pictures of them and I just couldn't resist. ISO cubes. Do you think Judge Dredd ever gets tired of perpetually like frowning? Like that's gotta hurt, right? No. No, I'm sure he's used to it. I'm sure there's like some cybernetic implant that lets him frown continuously. Yeah. I will say I I found the I like the trainee more than Judge Dredd if we're being honest. Judge Anderson. The girl. Yeah. Seemed more relatable. I like the explanation as to why she doesn't usually wear a judge helmet because it interferes with her psychic abilities. I love how sometimes her psychic abilities are kind of just bullshit. Like when they're in the elevator with one of the the criminals that have been detained, she's like, he's thinking about going for your gun. Now he isn't. <laughs> it's like, I'm great 99- job, Sherlock. I'm 99% sure. You're thinking about engaging in relations with me. Yeah. And who can forget the dick biting scene? That was impressive. Was not expecting it. 
Yeah, they even talk about it briefly. Like, oh, she bit that dude's dick off and then became a criminal. Ah, uh, yes. Good old mama. Which I will say, like, even, like, all scarred up and, uh, like, being the criminal mastermind she is, like, Lena hit. I can never say her last name. Is it Hetty or Heady? I think Hetty. Anywho, uh, Lena Heady, who played our queen from uh, um, 300, also looks, I think, great in this film, but that might be just my own bias. Yeah, the mm, the thing I would question if I was Judge Dredd's senior officer was the fact he hit her with that drug before chucking her out the window. I don't think that's standard procedure, but I'm not going to be the guy that tells Judge Dredd no. You know, after the day he had, we can grant him a little bit of leniency on that. Yeah, for catharsis. I am curious. So, Mega City One seems like a real shithole, and just this particular universe seems like a shitty one to be living in. Why, in God's name, would you want a drug that slows time down? Because you're bored as shit, I guess. That I just... I'm I'm reading the Wikipedia article on Mega City One, and it outright says that the main problem in the city is boredom. Because, Pete, again, 98% of the jobs are done by robots. I just... Again, that just goes to the whole, if your number one issue is boredom, and you're going to take a drug that slows time down, isn't that only going to exacerbate it? Hey, man, maybe the high is really, really good. That goes along with it. I've never done drugs because drugs are bad and good. And I've done tons of drugs because drugs are good. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what, what are the drugs you have done? Hmm. I've done acid once, but it was really shitty acid, so I didn't get that high. I've done cocaine. Cocaine is really fucking fun. Um, but I'm, but thank Christ, I don't have a regular access to it. Um, a shitload of pot. Don't really do that anymore because jobs, though. Right. To our listeners, we're not advocating for the use of drugs. I am. Was... Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Okay. At least, at least, don't do the hard drugs. Yeah. I mean, a- ecstasy and acid ain't that bad. Meth, no, that's the dangerous shit. <laughs> Consequence free. I think I would try her- heroin. But heroin's scary, so I'm not going to try it. Yeah, that's not something you bounce back from. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's not a like. Where's like? Ooh, I'm just gonna try this once. Like, no. I remember there's like this really in-depth Reddit redditor that posted like, "Oh, I'm just gonna try heroin once," and over the next like six months to three years, his life took a down- downward spiral. And he sl- and if you start from the top and then read down, it's just a really fucking depressing read because he slowly lets it consume his life and go his life just immediately goes to shit however there's a happy ending because he gets sober and he warned now he's warning against other people doing the same so somebody who did heroin had a bad experience color me shocked yeah right well i'll be fucked anyway but yeah back to the drug thing a um, little bit of trivia I know about this movie. Um, what's the song that plays whenever they hit slow-mo? I don't know. 
it's Justin Bieber's baby slowed down 800 times. Really? Yep. Makes this like really ethereal sounding music. Huh. Also, that um video that you sent me that I still watched, or that when we first met, that video that you showed me, uh, Queel Theory, that plays during that. And that's how I recognized it in the movie. I was like, wait a minute, where have I heard this before? Wait, it I'm does? Like, Holy shit. Yeah, at the part where he says, why are we speaking German? It starts playing. <laughs> and I was like, wait, where have I heard that before? And it took me a while to piece it together. I'm like, holy shit, that's from Judge Dredd. I was not paying that close attention. I'm going to have to rewatch this now. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize Kewl or Queel theory was in it. Let's make the Kewl a unit of measurement. <laughs> A measure of abstractness. <laughs> you scream only to have special sauce fly from your lips. <laughs> the world is in sepia. You are a cheeseburger. <laughs> you are displeased. My head tastes sideways. Uh. Uh, what I will say is, uh, you know, there... I think one of the reasons that this film did is as good as it is, is that um, writers that worked on this also worked on uh, 28 weeks later, which is another great kind of gritty film. Obviously, you know, it's a different genre, but you know, when you have somebody who's already worked on and produced another great film i think it really sets you up for success mm -hmm. uh, and wait who is the director of this movie the director of this film is pete travis which let me see what else he has under his belt Literally nothing you would know. He worked on oh, yeah? Henry the Eighth miniseries, but yeah, he has a very, very limited film, uh, hmm, odd. filmography. Pete, yeah, well, if you wow, yeah, this, I think you did a great job, and I think you need to do another one. Agreed. So what was your favorite scene in this film? When he has that uh, speech with the denizens of uh, peach trees, where he's like, Mama Magical isn't the law. I am the law. Oh, yes, yeah, so over the, the loudspeakers. Mm -hmm. Then he proceeds. Then he ambushes them. Then he proceeds to annihilate an entire fucking floor of people. Yeah, with a, what it can only be assumed is white phosphorus rounds. I was just waiting for the napalm round to come out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they have gas grenades, too. I love the opening scene where he... He's like shoots it with a hot, shoots the dude with a hot shot round, and it was like a fireball directly into his mouth. Yep, <laughs> good aiming. You should go home now. <laughs> hot shot, and that's the key word to switch the ammo. I appreciated the. Uh... I didn't realize that other judges could have other weapons like when the backup judges came and one of them had like a long gun it's like that moment in star wars where like all the stormtroopers have like the small blasters and then you see one with a long blaster for the first time you're like wait a minute i didn't know this was an option that looks way cooler <laughs> also yeah it is pretty dope also what are the chances that there are four corrupt judges all working the same shift and they're the ones who respond to judge Dredd's call for help. Um, 
Maybe they pulled some strings to get on the same beat together. My guess. Yeah. It just seems like a weird, like, I know it's a mega city, so there's got to be multiple judges working, but judges seem like a few and far between resources. It's, it's actually like they say that in the film where it's like a judge comes down here, what, at once every three months type deal. Yeah, very rarely. I'm just trying to imagine, like, after he has this day, like, does he just go home and, like, take a quick shower, get a bite to eat, and then, like, gets ready to come back the next day? No, there's a comic that describes a judge's process. They, like, go to a certain room in the Hall of Justice and, like, hook up to some machine that refreshes them in, like, 30 minutes. And then it's time for the next shift. That's fucking terrible. Yeah, man. And remember, they only have the resources to respond to 6% of crimes, if even that. And that's assuming they're not tied up with some uh, some punk motherfucking kid smoking weed at the skate park. Some homeless dude sitting underneath a death trap. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, their vigil essentially never ends. The city never sleeps. So, yeah, presumably after whole, this whole excursion, he had a debriefing, medical attention. If he was lucky, he got some time off, maybe a couple hours to a day, rested, and then he was right back out. Right. Probably didn't even get a pay raise, if anything. I don't even think they really get paid. Like, if they're working basically 24-7, what's the point of money? And if they're provided for. I don't know, maybe buy the occasional hot dog while you're on <laughs> patrol. And if they fuck up the order, send them to the ISO cubes or something for deliberately tampering with a judge's food. Right. I'm just going through a list of quotes from this movie, and boy, oh boy. Like, what? what was your favorite quote? Uh, let me see. Ah, yes. Here's here's a good one. Negotiations over. Sentence is death. <laughs> Judge Dredge, don't fuck around. Yeah, man. They're literally judge, jury, and executioner. <laughs> and I th we talked about it earlier, but the sequel. Really bummed about that. We could have gone to some delightfully weird places. And I feel like these two could have made a good team. Well, with her psychic powers and him, his strength and skills. Right. Well, I do remember reading some of the comic books where like Judge Dredd goes to other mega cities. And it's like, yeah, Judge Dredd, cross country tour. Like Beavis and Butthead take America. Still one of the best summer movies of all time. <laughs> I just shot him. <laughs> <laughs> I am the great judge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Sensu to death and stuff. That was hey, baby. It's like six months in the ISO cubes if you don't show me your honkers. <laughs> that was really spot on. Thanks. Oh. So Not that those two would ever get hired or anything, but no. Could you imagine Beavis and Butthead as judges? <laughs> Instant apocalypse. We're already in a post-apocalyptic world, so. Re-apocalypse. I, uh... Did you catch the, uh, like, the little Harry Potter cameo we had in this? No. The head stoolie for Mamo played Bill Weasley in Harry Potter. Oh, the clan techie. Yeah. Which also, oh my god, his backstory is fucking terrible. Like, I, f like, every time his little story comes up, I flinch away because of how terrible it is. Just... 
literally Mama scraping out his eyeballs and replacing them with cybernetic ones. Yeah. <laughs> but we know who the real brains of the operation are. Mama wouldn't have gone anywhere without him. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say, I'm glad she let him go at the end, Anderson. And yeah, the yeah, Dread was him and Han, but it, at the end of the day, it was like, you know, you make a solid point. Now, he's not a priority right now. I loved how she went from timid to like A1 judge, like pretty, pretty fucking quickly in this film. Like she she like dread gives her some shit because she's like losing control of your weapon is a failing offense she's like i forgot what she was she's like i failed the moment that i let so-and-so get away or something like that like she failed the moment she lost her weapon yeah and the failing moment he described was like letting a perp get away yeah and she's like well call the cops like i already failed what are you going to do fucking kick me out in the middle of our gunfight yeah tell my parents i'm an orphan <laughs> already am <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and reminder that for as shitty as peach trees is this is probably how the richer or at least the more well-off citizens live imagine how the ones living on the street feel yeah for some reason, I don't know why, but Mega City 1 gave me, like, Los Angeles vibes, and I don't know if that's appropriate. I mean, yeah, I can see that. It's also, yeah, it's every basically every American city in a really fucked up blender and exacerbated tenfold. I just, I would not want to live in that society. Oh, no, absolutely not. It'd be a shithole. But I guess that's the point of it now. Oh, no. Do we have Judge Adam Savage in this universe with us? Because I'd be fine with that. Adam Savage? Haven't you ever seen that video? Uh, every year, Adam Savage goes to San Diego Comic-Con, and he dresses up in a different costume each year that like disguises his identity. And it's become a challenge amongst the comic-con community to try and locate him as he's walking the floor and several years ago he went as judge dread and the only indication that it was him was instead of his little badge saying dread on it he changed it to saying savage on it <laughs> I, I just looked it up and he looks really good that is a good outfit yeah it's it's really impressive which by the way I've I've looked on Etsy and I've looked several different places and I am not a creative individual. I don't know if I have it in me to truly create a real Judge Dread outfit. So if there's anybody in our listening base that knows where I can go to just outright purchase a realistic Judge Dread costume, please send us a DM to one of our pages because I am willing to pay a good chunk of money for this to happen. Cause I really want to be judge dread one year for Halloween and, or to go to a comic con myself dressed as him. So. Which brings me to another thing I wanted to talk about the costuming in this movie. Absolutely stellar. Oh yeah. Because, and I'm just going to come right out and say it. The original comic design is really campy, like skin tight latex, those big ass shoulder pauldrons, one of which is a fucking eagle and like those big gloves and big boots and then clunky helmet. But and the, and to be fair to Sylvester Stallone's Judge Dredd, that was a mostly comic accurate costume. But they took liberties with this one, and that's a good thing because this one feels more grounded and realistic. Yeah, they still have the signature helmet, but they also changed the costume to make it look more like riot gear to give you that full on. This is a shithole city vibe, like actual war on crime. 
Yeah, he seems more like if you were to take an image of Judge Dredd and put it up against like a modern SWAT team operator or like a modern riot squad person, like they they they're close enough in appearance that you're like, okay, we I I can see this working. More yeah. more believable. But um shit, where was I going with this? The weapons in this movie, specifically the lawmaker. Oof. I would kill to shoot that thing. That does seem like a ton of fun. Also, I'm curious, like, I guess futuristic, but also I'm, this is more out of a point of curiosity and not a like, oh, the gun has a billion bullets in it. I, I genuinely want to know like what the technology, because it does eventually run out. So I'm, yeah, I want to know where does it derive its ammunition storage or how does that work? See, I have this theory and that it has the materials within the gun and it reassembles the bullet or it recajiggers the bullet while it's in the chamber. When he says like hot shot, it like disassembles the bullet and reassembles them into a hot shot round or like reassembles it into a high explosive. Round. I don't know. That's my theory. Let's hear yours asshole. No, I think that's a very valid one. And it's something No, 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 screw you. <laughs> no, I, I had nothing against it. If it's kind of in line with uh did you ever watch the Pixar movie Big Hero Six? I did. So it's kind of times. it's kinda of like that I forgot the name of that character, but the one who's really good at Honey Melon. Yeah, the one that's very good at chemistry. She has like a little purse honey lemon, that's it. Purse satchel backpack thing that she can just like type buttons on and it creates these orbs of different chemical mixtures like on the spot. So I I can I can dig that theory. I can too. And I choose to believe that he can like program the movements of that little grenade that he sends out and it it wasn't just doing that or maybe he was controlling it through his helmet, I don't know. I wonder how tough those helmets are. Got to be, right? Probably bulletproof. Uh I would be very annoyed if I had to wear a big obnoxious helmet like that and it wasn't bulletproof yeah <laughs> or else what use would it be right he he kind of makes a joke about that is that when anderson was like oh the helmet interferes with my psychic ability not as much as a bullet would <laughs> in his in, in his trademark stoic humor which i'm glad they showed that side of him or at least he has some sense of humor if that's what you want to call it i guess absolutely all this film has made me this film has made me want to do a lot of things but one of the primary things is did you know that there is a tabletop war game which i want to say also adds to my argument that this is a war film is the fact that uh there's a company called warlord games they're the game they're most known for is called bolt action which is uh world war ii one right yeah it's it's a world war ii miniatures uh game uh but they came out with a judge dread uh variant of that game where it's judge dread miniatures and like you have the different gangs as factions and you set up these like battlefields basically with judge dread And uh, watching this film, I was like, man, I should really get myself a Judge Dredd set and and do that up sometime. Except I think it's kind of expensive. Yeah, a lot of wargaming nowadays is expensive. Just look at the prices for Warhammer. I mean, I have just started to get into bolt action Mm -hmm. myself, and that has been kind of expensive. So I, I definitely feel the pain. I have never gotten into Warhammer the same reason I have never gotten into like Fallout or uh, Skyrim. And I know that that's comparing apples to oranges, but the the whole like lore and universe to it is so deep that I felt like if I did get into it, it would be like I would just lose myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus 
like me doing bolt action, it's easier for me to justify that because I can be like, oh, I'm recreating a particular battle that I've read and studied versus like me reading 30 books about space Marines. Yeah. So I don't know if that made sense, but it did to me. Yeah, I have some experience with war games. Um, there's a war game. What the fuck was it called? Uh, Gaslands, where it's basically Mad Max com- vehicular combat and post-apocalyptia. And we even had this thing where we modeled our armies after South Dakota towns, like the Pier Pirates, the Mitchell Ma- Mitchell Mayhem. The... Uh, I forget what city the big prison is in, but my buddy had an army themed after them where it was a convict and a uh, convict themed car and a police officer themed car. And he called it law and or uh, I think it was crime and punishment. That's it. Also, Dalton, if you're listening to this, we need to get together again and play that. <clears throat> Should tell him to come on here. Let him choose a movie. I'll float it by him, but I don't think he has much experience in war. Well, I guess neither do we, but still. That or get Steiner to come back. Choose something other than Star Trek. <laughs> hey, that was a good movie. Eh. Don't you ant me. What are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a Guinness draft. Guinness. Love me some, I love me some Guinness. Very nice. Classic. Solid choice. And you? Uh, So it's a local brewery to here in Denver. Um, It's called Woods Boss Brewing Company. Um, It's got this wonderful little label. I'll throw a picture of it up on our Instagram. But uh, what I'm drinking is called a Foothills Fire Red Ale. Uh, And basically the whole point or gist of the company is the... Um, the different beers that they do, uh, they, a portion of the sales go to, uh, support wildland firefighters. So I can drink and feel good about supporting a good cause. So, man, I wish I supported a good cause when I drink, but I usually get banned from places when I do that. Think about all those single mothers you put through college. <laughs> uh, if the stripper doesn't have stretch marks, I'm not interested. Oof. <laughs> I'm doing the community a service, DP. The, C- the C-section the scars really your- get you. Yeah. Let's hear the last time you served your community, huh? Oh, you dick. let's not get into that. <laughs> Don't you start. But yeah, getting back to Judge Dredd, this is this would be a really good setting for like a tabletop RPG or just a game in general. I'm surprised there hasn't been... Well, maybe there has been a Judge Dredd video... Well, there is, there is a Judge Dredd video game, but a more recent one is what I'm trying to get at. One that isn't for GameCube? Yes. <laughs> No, and I, I would love a Judge Dread video game for like PC or something. And I re- I remember earlier in the movie, like when they're first being dispatched to Peach Trees, he mentions something. He mentions like the number of reported crimes in Mega City One per, for every day, and you can tell the director said, "Okay, that's a big number. Let's put that in there." But then when you compare it to modern day crime rates, that's it's less than the daily reported crimes for modern America. Deep cut per day. Deep cut. <laughs> but then you could also say that maybe like how much crime doesn't go reported in Mega City One. Probably a good chunk. For all for all we know, it could be even higher than America, like eight hundred million people across the eastern seaboard. Which I Something tells me if it had the that population density, it'd be more than 800 million, but what do I know, right? Right. Uh. So, yeah. 
Well, I think it's about that time that we uh, rate this film. What do you think? On it. What do you think we should uh, rate the... What metric should we use? Zero to five cocks bitten off. Zero to five bitten cocks. You heard me. <laughs> that just that just reminded me of a really terrible thing I heard the other day. Um. Oh no. <laughs> so in my, I I work for the government, and oftentimes in my line of work, I deal with uh people suffering from mental illness uh if you will and one particular person i was dealing with the other day was on the phone i was like hey man we we need to go do this he's like okay i'll i'll be with you in a moment i just gotta finish my phone call and uh gets into a very heated argument and finally just like slams the phone down like out of anger and he this dude just looks at me he's like bitches man i'll tell you what though the grippier the socks the tighter the box i'm like jesus christ dude like (laughs) oh my god i was like did i really just hear that yes you did (laughs) i was like oh man oh my god that's a spicy one but i i pulled that one out on uh Miranda and I also use that line talking t- to my sister-in-law and they both just burst out laughing when I said it. So I'm like, there's, it's a, it's a good one. It's, it, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's deep, but I, I was like, all right, I did a test market on this. We're, we're good. <laughs> test market. I went, I uh, wouldn't have said it here if I hadn't tested it on them first. That's very mature of you, I think. Okay, one to five bitten off dicks. Uh, I give this four bitten off cocks and one still somewhat attached by skin. Okay. And you're... I like this movie. I dig it. I think I personally... I will give this four six-inch bitten off dicks and one bitten off chode. Why the chode? I I didn't know how to use a metric. Like, how do you bite off a third of a dick? You know? Measure it first? I don't know. I just... <laughs> I know that was rhetorical, but... <laughs> just think of it as like four, 4.25, basically. Okay, close enough. Now, let's see what the... Rotten Tomatoes says the thermometer says 80% and I the audience says 72%. Lame. Fuck the audience. I got got to go with the um, critics on this one. Fucking lame. I know, right? Losers. But yeah. Well, that is our review of Dread. Uh for everybody at home, when we do post this, go to our social media pages and uh let us know if you think this is a war movie or not. I would we would love to hear your opinions on the matter. Give us give unto us your debate. But it is now time to choose our next film, which Oh wait, it's my turn again. Yeah, fuck you for that. Actually it's not my turn, because you know why? We, why? we have a guest next week, so you have two more you oh, have two right, more weeks right. of not getting to choose a movie because of your shitty football team choices. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> next You know what? I'll take I'll take that though. I'll take it. All right. So next week we do have a guest joining us. Uh I will hold off on saying who he is and where he is from. Uh he does work in the museum field though, uh particularly military aviation uh he has chosen god what year was it Mm. he chose the 2019 film midway uh starring starring a whole bunch of people but uh i'm actually looking forward to it just because one midway is a very interesting story and two, 
I, if I remember correctly, this movie isn't that great. So I can't wait to discuss the historical things that I love and I can't wait to discuss the shitty filmmaking. So I tried watching that movie. I really tried. And I, and keep in mind, I watched it during lockdown and I, even then I couldn't finish it. Yeah. I remember there being some bad, bad acting in this. God, the CGI made me want to claw my fucking eyes out. Normally I'm a defender of CGI and I like at least give it a fair shake, but God, no, this was just. Anyway, so yeah, looking forward to that. Thanks, asshole. Thanks, Navy football for screwing me. After we uh, review Midway next week, I'll tell you what the final film choice for me will be, and then we'll we'll return to you getting a, a turn. You hate me, don't you? I I don't know. I tried doing you a favor with Light Horseman. I, I'm sorry <laughs> that it turned out to be a bad film. But... Oh, gee, thanks. You, you didn't even have the courtesy to give me a reach around for that one. <laughs> Dick. No, I <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, <laughs> and thus it comes out. I I'm flip-flopping. Maybe I'll put it up as a poll on Instagram. Uh, I've been flip-flopping between we were soldiers and enemy at the gates. Okay. I've seen one of those. They're both. At least we were soldiers was a really good film. I personally really like enemy at the gates, but I, I know the, the issues some people have with them. So I think I, I'll, I might change my mind coming up, but uh, just keep your eyes out on Instagram for a poll for a movie choice. All right. Do you have anything else? Uh, I can vote in that, right? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. That's all I wanted to ask. Anything else on your part? Uh, No, I'm good. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the show, please leave a review. The stars do matter. Uh, if you want additional content from us, you can go to Facebook or Instagram and find us at the Armchair Commanders Podcast. We are also on Discord. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel called the History Apprentice Channel. It's my own personal YouTube channel where you can also find additional stuff done by me. Um, if you know anybody who's in search of a podcast, please share the show with them. We'd love to have additional viewers. If you have any recommendations for films, please feel free to reach out and send us a message. If you know anybody who would be a good addition for our show to uh, chat about films, also uh, send them our way. Uh, Until next week, I've been John. And I'm Jack. And we will catch you later. Bye.